0: Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Maggie Gently. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Excited to hear the tracks you've brought to
1: share with us today. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've listened to these ones. So
0: Yeah. Did you have a lot to go through? Do you have a lot of material recorded?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had quite a lot. A lot of them I did not even recognize. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they, they were that fleeting in my creative mind that I just wrote them, recorded them, and forgot about them.
0: Isn't that so funny how that can happen? I feel like there are some things that I really remember. There are some things that I wrote a long time ago that, like maybe I wrote in middle school or high school and I just wrote it on a piece of paper and didn't even record it but like I still remember exactly how it goes and how to play it but then some like voice notes I go back to from like three months ago six months ago even and
1: I listen to it and I'm like what (laughs) yeah sometimes that's a good way to you know get some new song inspiration when you go back and find something you're like oh actually that was kind of clever I should maybe finish that (laughs) I was actually writing some music in in quarantine and I went back through my old live journal and I like stole a line from my old live (laughs) journal the rest most it was mostly like totally cringy but I was like okay maybe I could use this
0: that's amazing you're inspiring me I downloaded I had three different zangas when zanga was a thing Mm. and so they deleted all of zanga but I like downloaded all of all of my zangas before they did that so maybe I should go back through those who knows what's in there it's probably all very bad
1: good for like a rainy day it's like going through the attic of of the internet. Totally. So when did you first start songwriting? I was songwriting for a very long time from before I could play guitar. I learned guitar when I was like 13 I want to say I don't really remember but I was always just like writing songs and then singing them with no instrumentation (laughs) and then once I finally learned how to play guitar it was like I only learned guitar so that I could write songs so. You will see based on my uh (laughs) My shoddy guitar skills that I was like I need I learned the bare minimum
0: yeah did you did you take lessons for a bit or did you teach yourself?
1: No, I mostly just like looked up chord charts on the internet for songs that I wanted to learn. A lot of my early songwriting was just like, oh, that's the chord progression from this Taylor Swift song. I'll just you know write a new melody over it, and then I was like <laughs> voila, I wrote a song,
0: so you've sent along three tracks here for us to listen to. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about the first one that we're going to be, be hearing?
1: Sure. So this one, I think it went through many titles in its life, but here it's called The Hand. So this is, uh, from 2008 and I was 15. The recording is from a live show. I couldn't find any like home recordings that I had done, but, um, I think it was an open mic night at my local community theater. I was I was testing out some new material, uh-huh. and my local um, what's it called the, the public TV station was had like a camera person there filming it. So I don't know if it like ever ended up on the public TV station, but that's how I found this recording on YouTube from my like hometown <laughs> uh, cable channel. what can i do with the cards i've been dealt how can i forget what i've already felt it's tearing me <laughs> apart <laughs> I've been yeah, i think this told to was a uh, one of my Try famous four, four chord regret. songs oh yeah when can I, I still start? have some of those. <laughs> oh, I definitely do. I don't want to diss the four chords song. But away. I think the first song I ever learned on guitar was Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson. And every song say? that I wrote in my early me, days was like a variation on the like four chords that are in Tracks of My, <laughs> my Tears. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I obviously write four chord songs me? all the time, do so I'm understand? not dissing. The yeah. Four- yeah, the song is like a. Um, I've gotta know what's going through your head. I remember a very deeply said. wound metaphor of like a poker game. So, you know. You I, I've been told to think before I bet. Up <laughs> you left know. No it's just a, I was into metaphors. <laughs> <I won't laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Did you play I'm poker? Heard.
1: No, I don't even I know, like, what myself, I was. I, well, obviously, I was 15. Right. So. I was a very romantic but teenager, and I still consider myself rings, a very romantic person. Um, but I, I, I loved love love, and I love writing heartbreak been? songs like, like this. Obviously, are you painting like I am? I think I was like Shakespeareing some you words, you words there. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I in, but I yeah, I feel like I knew heartbreak, man. and I knew that the stakes were high, even though you know I the stakes were low, and I didn't my know my heartbreak, <laughs> <to do.
0: laughs> right. Did you play a lot of open mic nights and things like that?
1: Oh, yeah. I played as often as I could. That's, like, something that has stuck with me. I hate saying no to any opportunity to play because I just love it so much. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, there was my local community theater had open mic nights every so often. And there was one that, like, I don't even remember who put it on the PTA or something, but it was in this church basement I used to play. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was in high school playing um battle of the bands that was like the 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 time to show off all of your material. Yeah, where did you grow up? I grew up in a um suburb outside of Boston called Hopkinton. Did you uh, go to a lot of shows in Boston then? Honestly not really. When I was when I was a kid I didn't really know know much about the live music scene in in Boston or anywhere I just you know knew what I knew from downloading stuff on LimeWire and Mm -hmm. like making mix CDs for my friends and then by the time I was like in high school well once I got my license then I started going to shows but it never really was like a part of my life growing up except for my local stuff like I would see my friends bands and my friends open mic nights and my friends community theater plays and that was my my culture
0: yeah I mean that's why I think that kind of stuff is so important the small community things the open mic nights at the coffee shop and like the middle of nowhere place Mm -hmm. and you know the all ages like sort of DIY stuff because otherwise like you know if your town or the area really close proximity to you that's like easy for you to access as like someone who's 14 or 15 isn't doing anything like that then like you just you just don't have access
1: so true. And even like in San Francisco where I live now, there's not a whole lot of all ages offerings and whenever there is, it's like a very special thing and you can tell right. that people are coming out to those like younger people who are like, finally, here's a, an all ages show I can go to. So it's really important to support that scene even in the city because it's rare. Well, I say that now, but you know, no one's, no one's going to shows right
0: now. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but in the
0: theoretical future when knock exactly. on wood, we will be playing and going to shows again. Yes. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> uh, you wanna talk a little bit about the second song that we're gonna listen to? Um,
1: like I was saying, there there are a lot of songs that I didn't recognize going back through and listening. This one I definitely do recognize. I think this was like one of the like one of my hits when I was when I was mm-hmm. a teen. Um the song's called Curfew. I used to play this with my high school band. We were called Shut Up James. We were uh Hoffington <laughs> High School, Battle of the great Bands name. champs. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I love that band. I love the name. It's a band of like My dear friends, my brother plays drums in in Shut Up, James. This recording is just me, I think. I don't think there's any other instrument. Oh, wait, that's not true. My friend Evan played viola on this. So this recording, I wrote this song early on in high school and played it a ton. But this recording is from my high school senior project. So I I think everyone in my class had the option to do like a creative senior project if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And you could like skip classes to do it. And so me and my friend were like, let's definitely do this. So our friend Steven recorded a few a few of our songs in his basement. And um, I have such fond memories like of this time in my life when what was it was like the end of my senior year and we were cutting class and playing music together. So this song is a Shut Up James classic. Let's give it a listen. It's funny, I can't stop thinking about you. I spent so much time without you. You think i just left the Yeah, that viola it's sound, it just brings me right back. So it's like you know, you play guitar, your best friend plays viola, so that's your band. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> in my so why
0: won't you leave me alone? Feel that way about the sitar? My friend in high school had a sitar, and so sometimes people would just call him the sitar guy because he would bring it to school and just play it in the hallway.
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is some like high school lore. Yeah. I was like thinking back to why the song is called Curfew, mm-hmm. because it's not about a curfew, and. I don't think the word curfew appears in it at all but then i remembered this like little thing i used to do when i was a teen songwriter um and I, I would like name my songs like two or three word titles and the titles would have the same initials as the crush i had at the time so i think i don't i, I think curfew is like a shortened version of a two or three word title and i won't say any more about that because I don't want any of my teen crushes to like have the satisfaction. Yeah, you know that's very um, fair. That was something that I frequently, frequently did, and so the titles of my songs kind of had nothing to do with what the songs were about, but they had deep personal meaning. Right, I love that. it's <laughs> about my like high school songs is that I was so self-deprecating yeah and I think that that is like something that I still totally do in my songwriting it's easier to like be like everything's bad and it's my fault rather than like okay sometimes things are just bad (laughs) right my senior project
0: That's great. Uh, and we have one final track to listen to here. Why don't you mm-hmm. want me in your band? If you could tell us a little bit about that.
1: I kind of chose these three songs because they they kind of go in an arc from like okay, I was a young teen just like writing as much as I could, playing coffee shops. Then when I was a senior in high school, I like, you know, thought it was hot shit. My band was cool. I was like a voted most musical in my yearbook, you know, <laughs> like I was like, yeah, I'm cool. And then when I got to college, I was listening to totally different kinds of music I got into like pop punk in a really real way and started kind of experimenting with writing like faster songs or more upbeat music I think this was maybe my freshman or sophomore year I went to college in Philadelphia so I'd like moved away from my small town I was in the big city and this older cooler friend of mine who was in my acapella group was like this cool local band is auditioning a new member like you should totally try out they were like this like Fleet Foxes-esque kind of like folk band where they all sang and there was like six-part harmonies and a fiddle and a banjo and, uh, you know, all this this kind of stuff. I liked that kind of stuff. It wasn't exactly what I was listening to, but I was like, yeah, it would be so cool to be in like a cool Philly band. These were all adults. I was like 18, (laughs) 19, you know. Yeah. And so... Obviously, as maybe you can tell by the title of the song, Why Don't You Want Me In Your Band, I did not get chosen. I did audition, and they did not choose me for the band, and I was very like hurt and vain about the whole thing. Like, what are they thinking not choosing me? (laughs) Like, how could they dare? Yeah, this song I wrote for my own private self and uh, recorded it just in my dorm room and, and never saw the light of day. I never performed it or anything, but now looking back on my like cheeky self i thought it was kind of funny so this can be the world debut of why don't you want me in your band
0: great amazing a world debut let's do it
1: was it something i said because i
0: did my very best i guess i got it
1: in my head that you like the rest of me.
0: Oh, I definitely have some of these too. The songs that my I wrote just for my own self that I've never <laughs> okay. let anybody else listen to when I need to get Yeah, it was just like need to way get too literal. Yep.
1: Yeah, just like <laughs> so literal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of all the, like, embarrassing stuff. (laughs) I was, like, you know, seeping everything in in metaphor, trying to, like, hide the truth. But in the song, I was like, why don't you want me? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: I also kind of like the hook. Like, I think this is kind of a catchy song. And I think it kind of, like... I wrote one, so... Right after college, I started the Total Bettys. I moved to San Francisco and started that band. And one of the songs that I wrote from college made it into the Total Bettys set list. Not this one, obviously, but a different one that I wrote around the same time. So I was like, was this era of my songwriting, I think, kind of like was the beginning of me taking myself even more seriously, if that's possible. Because <laughs> if it wasn't my hook, I could get tattoos, you know, I would change, if it's my three eye probably for the best that they didn't take me you know i wasn't maybe <laughs> i had so much rage after that i tried to like be cool about it but uh, i wasn't yeah i mean that kind of thing is hard yeah and like obviously now i'm like yeah having someone under 21 in your band is really hard like yeah it's really really hard right and as someone who's like you know auditioned many bandmates in the years also like it's really hard and you know sometimes you it's hard to like do a good job in a stressful you know audition
0: for sure yeah it's a difficult like it's difficult thing to get a full band of members that all like get along like personality wise and musically and like everybody has the same like vision for the music and the same like commitment level it's a whole thing how so, many like, people are in your band we're a six piece <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so like, yeah
1: that's very impressive
0: i feel really lucky to have found um, the people in my ba- i mean like a lot of them are people i've had been friends with for years before yeah. we put the band together so just kind of happened pretty magically honestly but it's tough an end yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that last that last course. I'll start my own goddamn band <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and yeah <laughs> that's history so how
0: would you say that your songwriting has changed over the years
1: it started off with just like wanting to express myself you know and I would write songs super quickly just write all the lyrics be done with it perform it the next day like not edit at all then I went through a phase later on in high school and college where I was trying to be really creative with the guitar and do interesting things I'd never done before or or, or play music that sounded like nothing I'd ever heard before. When I started to really like think about what music I love and what I like to listen to, that isn't exactly what I like all the time. I like songs that feel honest and songs that feel familiar and relatable and songs that feel like comfortable to listen to by the end there with why don't you want me in your band I think that was like the, the turning point of my songwriting into something that's like okay something can just sound good and make sense and be understandable in a way that is like maybe not that song as an example but something that's like relatable and that people will feel like they understand me a little bit more by listening to mm-hmm. so I'm doing this solo project now and this, these songs are different from what I was doing with the Total Bettys and then different from what I was writing before that and I think the the strand that's kind of taken me to this point is like I've just been getting more and more honest more and more literal and more and more personal and I think you know releasing all these songs with my solo project feels the most right because it's like I want to have my myself and my identity be a part of this music and I want to like have my experience intertwined with the music so.
0: And you have an ep or is it an album it's an ep
1: yeah coming out may 29th
0: yeah so by the time this comes out it's probably already out so you should go listen to it um we both had the same sort of album art idea with the magic
1: (laughs) eight ball
0: which i love
1: (laughs) i love i love your album art also yeah it's funny i bought this custom magic eight ball yeah it's like pink (laughs) yeah yeah, it's pink. I had this long conversation with this Etsy salesperson, like trying to get my pink eight ball with my custom answers on the on the inside. <laughs> it was such a to-do, but I had it for like months and months and months before I did my album art. And then I like started, once I was like aware of this idea, I started seeing it places and I was like, oh my God, maybe this is like the least original thing ever. But no, I still love it. <laughs> it's super cool. So you got it with literally like the custom
0: answers in it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. did
1: Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yours looks great too <laughs>
0: thanks now i, I probably want probably got have just done photoshop now i know now i want one <laughs> i guess i'll have to go on etsy i've been doing yeah. a lot of weird i think pandemic boredom driven etsy purchases or purchases in general mm-hmm. i just keep like looking for jewelry and things i don't need and vintage pillows
1: <laughs> vintage pillows that sounds fascinating <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's not that i don't have projects to do obviously of this podcast i have music i have work I have other things so I'm Mm -hmm. not like I'm not bored it's just more missing the variety of life and how you know in the past (laughs) things would differ a lot more day to day and so I think that that's it's part of trying to still look for that have you found that the pandemic has been a time where you've felt creative has it felt like not a time where you're able to go to music as much
1: yeah at first, like. In terms of what I was listening to, I didn't want to listen to anything new. I didn't want to like watch any new TV shows. I just wanted to like rewatch Mamma Mia yeah. and like listen to the emo stuff that I liked forever. And like that was, I just wanted like comfort. Yeah. And then after that kind of wore off, I feel like I kind of dove in and I've written quite a lot and it feels good and it feels, you know, comforting and like I'm not stagnant just sitting here not playing shows you know that's a plus but I understand like it's hard to get in that mindset at this point like everything feels so weird that like you know productivity is like who who cares you know
0: right right yeah I feel like in general I've been taking it day by day and trying not to be hard on myself and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are trying to take that approach too which I think is really good because you know you don't have to like take this time to write your novel or, like, make five albums or something like that. It's just not, like, realistic. I hear you.
1: Do you know your Enneagram type, by chance?
0: Yes, it is. I'm going to look in my email. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a three, but I'm just going, I don't want to put lies on this podcast.
1: Sorry to bring up Enneagram. No, but, like, There's great. so many things that, like, I feel like people's core selves kind of, like, coming out in the quarantine and how, like, we're coping and whether we're trying to be productive or just calm ourselves and Yeah, I'm a you know. I'm a type 3. What are you? That's fascinating. I'm a 7. I think that 7s and 3s both kind of have that like productivity streak like we don't want to feel like we're not doing anything yeah. cuz like a lot of our value comes from like, w- you know, what we're offering. But anyways, it sounds like you're being very healthy about this as a 3, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'm really trying. I mean, that is that is something that I tend towards certainly always a super busy project person I mean for the longest time I was always in like two to three bands at a time with a full-time job like and doing Mm -hmm. other stuff outside of that you know it's weird to be forced to slow down in a way that I've never had like I've never had the chance you know I've never never really been forced to because like the rest of my life it's like okay I, I'm not in a, a band but then I fill that time with something else or like mm-hmm. okay you know I moved to a different job maybe I have less to do but then I fill that time with something else so
1: yeah totally I'm I'm the same way and I'm trying to like catch myself when I feel like I'm taking on too many things or I like write a to-do list with like a hundred things yeah.
0: in it. And I'm like maybe I won't do all of those yeah that's okay <laughs> I know at the, at the start of all of this I was like I was like, okay, how do I not get depressed? And so I wrote a really long, like, pandemic to-do list with really, like, probably 100 things on it. And then I I looked at it and I was like, this is insane. Like, I don't have have to accomplish all this. Why don't I just not, like, think about this in, like, a six months from now
1: perspective,
0: but maybe just, uh, you know, do some things and see what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like no one here is going to, like, fix the quarantine and no one's gonna figure out how to live like this because it's just not that's not how we live no you
0: know? no it's just a tough time uh
1: what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking i am really enjoying the new Tao and the get down stay down songs i haven't been following if she has an album coming out or something but i really love her new singles i really love Haley williams i've been listening to the pedals for armor part two a ton I keep thinking that one of her songs is my favorite, and then I change my mind. Even though I heard all of them, I keep on changing my mind about which is my favorite, so that's a good sign. Yeah. And the new Fiona Apple album, I also really love that. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming out in the quarantine.
0: I know. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's also great to see the sort of things that people are putting out um, on the band camp days that have been happening. I know mm-hmm. people are really digging up like B-sides, live performances, and things like that, and I. Just think that's so cool to to a have like a way to support people even if you've already bought their music, and be just like I don't know I love that I love that kind of content. Obviously, here I am doing this podcast. I love B, yeah you B like sides. The <laughs> hidden gems
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Good, I'm glad, and thank you everyone for listening. Bye. <laughs> Whisperin' promises Round the corners of my building Hey, thanks for listening. You can find Maggie Gently's music on the internet everywhere you find music and you can find us on Instagram at BadSongwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you're liking the podcast, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell a friend, share it on social media. It would really help us out. If you are a musician who would like to be on a podcast, uh, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Bye.